Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where there is no offseason, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Hey, folks, it's your pal Sully. I'm back in your earbuds. I'm back in your earbuds because, well, do you know what? The baseball season is starting. It's starting in a very stupid manner in Japan, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I know I've been away. I know that a little thing called life had sort of gotten in the way of doing the podcast as often as I wanted to. I haven't checked in since New Year's, but here it is, St. Patrick's Day 2019, and I'm here to say hello via the earbuds and also to make a couple of announcements. First and foremost, the season is going to start in a couple of days. It's going to start in Japan while you're asleep because no better way to get the entire world of baseball excited than to have it start in Japan between the A's and the Mariners for two games and then not play another regular season game for about another week and then start it up again. That's the way to do it, to wake up in the morning and find out, did the A's beat the Mariners? That's how we're going to start the baseball season, folks. And, of course, these games count. And maybe a game here or there, especially for a team like the A's who have images of winning another wildcard berth dancing in their heads, maybe even an AL West championship if the Astros should stub their toe, these games could be critical. And they will count. And most baseball fans will be asleep while it's happening. I do not believe that's how you should start a season. It's like a soft opening for a bakery, not a major league baseball season. But hey, that's what they're going to do. And who am I to argue with it? I'll tell you who I am. I'm your pal Sully. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. And I've done a lot of these baseball podcasts, and I'm going to be doing some more of them, but more on that in a little bit. Now, I have a little thing that I've been doing in the podcast world, and that is I want to make my predictions. Now, I have a weird love-hate relationship with predictions. In a way, I think predictions are kind of dumb. You're making picks at the beginning of the season, and you don't know the things that will transpire throughout the year. You don't. You don't know what trades, you don't know what firings, you don't know what ups and downs and things and over will happen. Did you think that the A's and the Rays were going to be 90-win teams? Hell, the A's had a shot at 100 wins last year. Did you think that the National League races would come down to such a bananas finale that you'd have to play two tiebreakers to determine who would win the divisions and then a wild card game with the losers of those uh, play-in games? It's, it's, it's not so. And also, part of me sees the idea of predictions as it takes away from some of the fun of a season where you can watch the season unfold. It's like the people who are making predictions of the new Avengers movie. There's Avengers, what is it, Endgame, I think is the name of it. I, I'm not a big Marvel guy obsessed with Marvel, but I really, really like the, the Infinity Wars film, and I like watching it with my kids. 
and, and a lot of the Marvel films have been a lot of fun. But there, this new teaser came out for the Avengers Endgame film, which is the direct follow-up to the Infinity War film. And there are people who are combing through the trailer trying to make predictions. Saying, ooh, I see there's uh, Captain America there, and there's uh, Black Widow, and there's Hawkeye, and there's Captain Marvel. Maybe if Captain Marvel's there, does that mean Iron Man does this? And there's whole articles written about predictions of what's going to happen in the new Avengers film. And I say, well, why don't you just wait to see the Avengers film. Why not just go watch it and it will unfold and it will have some tr surprises. Infinity War had terrific surprises. And instead of trying to predict it, just watch it. And part of me feels that way about the baseball season. It's like, do you know what? Instead of trying to call it, do you know what? Watch it. But then comes the moments when you get a prediction right. Like last year, I predicted the Brewers were going to win the AL, the National League Central over the Cubs. And that the Rockies would wind up being the Cubs in the wildcard game. I predicted that. And I can walk around strutting around like, yeah! Now who knows this stuff? Because it feels good when you get a prediction right. And when you get a prediction wrong, you just wave your hand. Up, ah, Jesus, who, who, could, who can predict stuff? So it's, it is part of the fun. It is part of the game of baseball and baseball fandom. It's also pretty dumb when you really stop and think about it. But I have a thing about making predictions. And that is you have to make your predictions before the season begins. And even if it's just two games between the Seattle Mariners and the Oakland A's in Japan... I have to get these predictions in before that game begins. Because, look at your pal Sully has some weirdness in him. All right? There's some real weirdness in me. So you got you to gotta deal with that from time to time. And one of my little obsessions is getting these predictions in before the beginning of the season. They, they feel invalid. It's like making a, a bet on a horse race after the horses began. Doesn't seem fair. Even if it's just one gallop, doesn't seem fair. So, last year, um, I predicted the Astros would beat the Washington Nationals in the World Series. I say this every year. I have not predicted a World Series winner before the season began correctly this century. And I'm starting this century in the year 2000. The last time I did it correctly was in 1999, way before podcasts were even a thing. And I think I was just emailing my predictions around to my friends. Uh, I, I predicted, I had the bold prediction that the Yankees would repeat as World Series winners. And my, what an amazing prediction that was after the Yankees won, what, 118 games in... 120, no, they won 125 games altogether in 1998. I thought, you know what? I think this team looks pretty good. I think they're going to repeat. And they did. And every other year, I've gotten it wrong. Last year, I picked the Astros to repeat as world champions. year before that was the Indians. I mean, just keep going back and back. I'm always wrong. Always wrong. And so, this year, I go through it again. 
Sometimes my predictions are a team that winds up getting to the World Series but losing. That would be an example of that. In 2013, I picked the Cardinals to win the World Series. They lost the World Series that year. Sometimes it's a spectacular disaster. One year I picked the Oakland A's to win the World Series. They had a losing record that year. One year I picked the Miami Marlins to win the World Series. They had a losing record that year. One year I picked the White Sox to win the pennant. They had a losing record. I can really, really look bad in my predictions. But I, you know what? I'm going to saunter forth. So what are my official predictions for the 2019 season? The American League East. I'm picking my beloved defending world champion Boston Red Sox. Now, what could go wrong for the Red Sox? As they, they had a magical season last year. What could go wrong? Obviously, they have some bullpen issues. Obviously, they could have some injuries. Obviously, there could be a hangover effect from winning the World Series last year. Obviously, the Yankees could have a year where everything goes right, the way that everything went right for the Red Sox. But do you know what? I trust... The Red Sox rotation, I trust their lineup, I trust their manager, and I think they'll fix their bullpen situation along the way. Teams can tinker with the bullpen and find their closer and find their situation. Most of the time this decade, you found that the closer of a World Series winner has changed midseason. So uh, I'm, I'm fine with the Red Sox in their current state. If they don't win 108 games, I still think they're on pace to win their fourth straight division title. In fact, I think all of the division winners in the American League are going to be repeats. The Indians, I think they made a nice move picking up uh, Carlos Gonzalez. I think they're just the best team in that division. This might be the last year of this run, but they didn't trade away Kluber. They didn't trade away Bauer. They still have Carrasco. They still have Salazar. They still have Clevenger. They still have Ramirez. They still have Lindor. They brought back uh, Santana. This is a good team. It's not a great team, but it's a good team. The Twins are talented, and there's a lot of young talent on the White Sox, but do you know what? They're not ready. The Indians, I think, are an 88-90 to win team, and that should be enough to win the division again. And Indians fans, cross your fingers. You get into the division, uh, you win the division, and you take another shot at October. The Astros, I think, are still the best team. I thought they were the best team in the American League last year, even though the Red Sox won more games, and the Red Sox wound up beating the Astros in five games. I think talent for talent, I think the Astros were the best team, and I think they remain it. Uh, they, their rotation is older. They looks like they're not going to have Dallas Keuchel, although if I were them, I would resign them anyway. Um... And, of course, aging rotations can fall apart in an awful hurry. May I introduce you to the Phillies of the early 2010s? But I think they are still the most talented team, and I think they have at least one more year of this run. The wildcard team, I am going to pick the Yankees to be a wildcard team. I don't like their rotation. I'll come out and say it. Severino's already hurt. Sabathia's already hurt. Paxton is not exactly a workhorse. Neither is Tanaka. J-Hap is okay, but he's not Steve Carlton. Why the Yankees aren't signing Dallas Keuchel is absolutely beyond me. I think they can hit enough to beat the snot out of the bad teams. And I think they're a decent enough team. But I don't trust that rotation in a short series. 
And I don't think they're as good as the Red Sox, and I don't think they're as good as the Astros. I think the Yankees are on par with the Indians, quite frankly. I think they're a 90-some-odd win team, which is a good team. But I really distrust their rotation. Yes, they have a wonderful bullpen. Bullpens can collapse, but I think they've got a good bullpen. They got out of Vino from Colorado. It's a nice pickup, but they need an innings eater, which is why Keuchel sitting out there, just sign him. I don't care. He, Keuchel is no longer an ace. He's no longer a Cy Young contender, but he is a 200 innings playoff tested good pitcher, which is exactly what the Yankees need. When you have a team that's built on their bullpen, like the Yankees' bullpen, you need a solid rotation in order to have the bullpen be effective. You need to make sure your starters can go six-some-odd innings, and then you bring in the pen. You can't just dry down, drive down these relievers, drive them down to the ground, which they're going to have to do if their starters can't go long, and I don't see that if you're going to look at Luis Sessa and company, I don't see this team going far with their rotation. I'm not a Yankee fan. I would love to see the Yankees not make the playoffs altogether. But as a baseball observer, Dallas Keuchel is available as of this recording. The Yankees have a mindset that they want to win a World Series. They got to within a game of winning the American League pennant in 2017. They won 100 games last year, but got their ass kicked by the Red Sox in the playoffs. They did. Look at the numbers. Ass kicking. When you bring in a catcher to pitch a postseason game, you're getting your ass kicked. That's a regression. There's a lot of pressure on Aaron Boone. Because he didn't exactly distinguish himself as a postseason manager. And now you're having this guy who had trouble handling a bullpen all year. And you're giving him the car keys to a team who you can't rely on their starting pitchers. Yes, they're going to win 90 some odd games. And that's going to be enough to be a wild card team. But if the idea of the Yankees is to win a championship, I don't see it with this rotation. This isn't me being... Uh, seeing the world in Red Sox colored glasses. I've crapped on the Red Sox and I've praised the Yankees when due. I don't see the Yankees as being a division winner. I see them as a wild card team and a tenuous one at that. I think they're going to have to fight for that wild card spot. What's the other wild card team in the American League I'm picking? Tampa Bay. I like their team. Yeah, they're going to do that opener thing. Do you know why? They have to. I like Kevin Cash as a manager. I like the flexibility of their team. I like the fact that they can hit. They're good situational hitting. Got decent pitching, decent depth in their pitching. I think that they are better than a lot of the other teams in the American League, which is one way I'm looking at this. You know, obviously the Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, and Astros are better than most of the teams. So I think those are four playoff teams that we can all agree on. I think I look at Tampa, I put Tampa on par with the A's. I put Tampa on par with Minnesota, who I think is going to improve. Uh, the Mariners are rebuilding. The White Sox aren't there yet. The Royals are rebuilding. The Orioles are a minor league team. The Blue Jays are a mess. The Angels are rudderless. 
the Rangers don't know what they're doing. You look at all these teams and I'm like, yeah, the Rays are better than them. The Rays are better than them. So you have the Rays, A's, and Twins are the three teams that are basically going to be fighting for that spot. And of the three, I personally like Tampa Bay. And I think they're going to win a bunch of games against these crappy American League teams, which goes a little bit of what happened last year. I personally think everybody's win totals in the American League last year were slightly inflated. The Red Sox were a good team last year. Were they a 108-win team? The Yankees were a good team last year. Were they really a 100-win team? Were the A's really a 97-win team? Or were they good, solid teams that played really crap teams a lot? The Red Sox played a lot of games against Toronto and Baltimore. There's a lot of times that the A's were able to beat up on the Rangers and beat up on the Angels along the way. There are some crummy teams in that division. And so they're able to, I think, pad the resume a little bit. But when you look at who's going to be the second wildcard team, it has to be a team that you look and you say, well, who's better than these mediocre clubs? A's, Twins, and Rays. Got to pick one. I'm picking the Rays. Uh, the other division winners, let's go to the National League for a second. The National League East is going to be really strange. You have two races that I think are going to be razor thin in the East and the Central. I am picking the Nationals to win the East again. Call me crazy. But I think that Robles is going to do a fine job replacing Bryce Harper. I think they have the best pitching staff. And they're, you know, the Braves have a lot of talent. The Phillies have talent, but I'm I'm not buying them yet. The Mets actually have talent and everything has to go right, but they're the Mets and not everything will go right. And I think in the end, the Nationals with the best pitching staff, Rendon and some very good hitters, and a terrific bullpen is on paper the best team in that division and should improve on their disappointing 82-win season last year. I think the Braves were maybe a year ahead of schedule, and they're a fine team. They could Any of those teams I just mentioned could win it, but I have the most confidence in the Nationals. Now, the Central is going to be bananas because last year you had the Brewers win by one game and through the playing game against the Cubs. The Cubs made the playoffs – but you would never know it by the way people are talking about them. The Pirates had a winning season last year and have very good pitching. I like the Pirates pitching a lot. And then you have the Cardinals, who have a, a ton of talent and added Paul Goldschmidt to the mix to go with what was already a talented ball club that had a bit of a collapse down the stretch. What team am I picking to win the NL Central? St. Louis. I think not having Mike Matheny be the manager all year, I think moving on the way that they have and the talent they have and putting in Goldschmidt, and I think a lot of things broke right for the Brewers last year. I do think the Cubs are regressing. I don't think the Pirates are quite there yet as a division winner. Um, I'm going to pick the Cardinals. The NL West is, I think, the easiest division to pick. I think, once again, it's going to be the Dodgers. 
for, what is it, this is going to be their seventh straight division title that they're going to win. Their only competition's the Rockies. The Diamondbacks are rebuilding. The Giants, they're going to try to make a run for it to try to get a winning season for Bochy's last year, but they're not a contending team. The Padres, yes, they picked up Manny Machado. They're about a year away from contention. So really the Rockies, and the Rockies are a fine team, but that's the only competition for the Dodgers who are going to have Walker Bueller pitching for a full year. Uh, I can't believe they didn't acquire Bryce Harper, but I still think they've got a good lineup, and I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cruise to the NL West. The wild card. I think the Brewers are back as a wild card team. I like them. Um, my other wild card team, I'm going to stick my neck out and say the Pirates. I think the Pirates pitching staff is going to be good enough that the team is going to be an 85-86 win team. And it is going to be an absolute free-for-all for the wild card between the Cardinals, Cubs, Nationals, Brewers, Braves, Rockies, Phillies, Pirates. They're all going to be in a scrum. And a bounce here and a bounce there will be the difference. So it's going to be Pirates, Brewers. That's my pick. Uh, some other picks I'm going to have uh, AL MVP. I'm going to show absolutely no courage and pick Mike Trout. Uh, if I can't pick Mike Trout, since Trout has to be off the board, fine. I'll say Francisco Lindor. I think he's got an MVP season in him. Uh, Jose Barrios of the Twins is my pick for the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. I'm not picking Vlad Jr. I'm not. I'm going to pick Forrest Whitley of the Astros. Why am I picking Forrest Whitley of the Astros? Because I think that he is going to come in and play a crucial role in their pitching staff. I think at one point there's going to be an injury to one of their veteran pitchers. Forrest Whitley will be shoved into the middle of the rotation and do a fine job and help pitch the Astros back into the playoffs as a, as a division winner, and that will be enough of a narrative to get him the Rookie of the Year. AL Manager of the Year, I'm going to say Alex Cora. And the reason I'm saying Alex Cora is kind of a cumulative award. He didn't win it last year. They gave it to Bob Melvin last year because the manager year always tends to be the surprise manager. But I think that another really good year of Alex Cora, they're going to say he deserves something. For God's sake, give him something. Throw him a bone. So I'm going to say that. Uh, the first manager fired, I think it's going to be Scott Service of the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners who had a fine year last year, but they're in full rebuild mode. That usually doesn't bode well for the manager who the front office tends to think, well, let's rebuild with somebody else. Um, I think the team's going to go into a nosedive. It won't be his fault, but he'll get fired. Um, although I also think Ned Yost of the Kansas City Royals at one point will say F this and retire. Uh, National League. National League MVP, Anthony Rendon of the Washington Nationals. I think he's going to lead a Bryce Harperless Nat squad to the postseason, put up big numbers, and I think that'll be enough. Uh, the National League Cy Young Award, I'm going to say Max Scherzer of the Nationals, uh, just because I I always think he's going to win the Cy Young. I think Walker Bueller is going to have a great year for the Dodgers, though. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year. It's weird I'm going to give it to Victor Robles because he's going to win the National League Rookie of the Year in 2019. He played in the 2017 postseason, but two years later, he still has enough uh, service time in front of him to be considered a rookie. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be super talented. Uh, and I think the Nationals are going to go to the postseason. Look, I have him the MVP, 
Cy Young and Rookie of the Year all go into Nationals players. And I think Victor Robles is going to have the type of year that will make fans forget Bryce Harper in Washington. Uh, Manager of the Year, why not? I'll pick Clint Hurdle. If the Pirates make it to the postseason, it's going to go to Clint Hurdle. Uh, First manager fired. You know, all the managers in the National League East, save for Atlanta, seem to be on, on thin ice. Gabe Kapler, though. There's a lot of reasons why Gabe Kapler is on thin ice as a manager. Um, first and foremost is the fact that he the team nosedive. I mean, they had a horrific second half last year. They were in first place by themselves in August and finished with a losing record in a season where everybody was colliding and tied for first place at the end of the year. The Phillies were sub-500 and played horribly down the stretch. Um, of course, I don't know everything that happened with the incident in uh, when he was a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. Was he involved in any sort of a cover-up of two players assaulting two women? I don't know all the—nobody knows all the details of that situation, so I'm not convicting him of yet, but do you know what? It's not good to have that kind of publicity for your manager. And the fact that they've just spent the gross national product of Paraguay to bring in not just Bryce Harper, but JT Rio Milto, uh, you know, Andrew McCutcheon. They've done tremendous offseason improvements. The expectations are sky high for a franchise that hasn't had a winning record since 2011. And if the Phillies come out stumbling, Kapler's stock is already low enough, and there are managers out there who are just available. Hey, do you want to call Joe Girardi? He's available. You want to call Buck Showalter? He's available. They're just sitting there playing dominoes, ordering from dominoes. And you're stuck with Gabe freaking Kapler? Jeff Bannister won Manager of the Year a couple of years ago. He's no longer the manager of the Rangers. Give him a call. There are lots of available managers out there, Gabe Kapler. And if the Phillies don't come out flying, absolute doing it Shane Victorino style, flying Hawaiian, then Kapler, I, his, his numbers are is over. Why? I mean... I would have fired him after the collapse last year and brought in Girardi. And speaking of managers, I think the storyline of the year is going to be Joe Madden. There is going to be an inevitable divorce between Joe Madden and the Cubs. It's just going to happen. Why there's a controversy, I don't quite understand it. You know, he should be the Cub manager for life after delivering him to the playoffs and delivering him to the World Series title in 2016. And people talk about the year they had last year, the grave disappointment. Well, they were a playoff team, and they lost the—they were tied for first place at the end of the year. And they lost that one-game play-in game to the Brewers for the division, and then they lost an extra-inning game to Colorado for the wild card. Well, think about that. Over 162 games, 1-6-2, if one game— here, one game there. Just one single game went their way. Then that didn't. Then the Cubs are the division champions. 
for 2018. And they avoid the wild card game. They avoid the playing game with Milwaukee. And who, I mean, who do, do they play Milwaukee? Who do they play? They play whoever comes out of the wild card game. And is the season a disappointment then? Has the script changed so much with the Chicago Cubs that it's World Series or bust all of a sudden? I saw it happen with the Red Sox when Tito Martinez, you know, Tito, <laughs> Tito Martinez, I called him, Jesus, Terry Francona, I'm not going to even cut that out, led the Red Sox to two World Series titles, stubbed his toe down the stretch in 2011. Again, a year where uh, uh, one more win and they're in the postseason. And Francona's out. The common denominator is Theo. Theo Epstein running the Red Sox in 2011. Theo Epstein running the Cubs now. There is going to be a divorce. Joe Madden, who should be the Cub manager for life, will not be the Cub manager in 2020. He's going to go elsewhere. I would go elsewhere. And there are plenty of franchises out there to give him his great new challenge. Now, if I were the Angels, I would be praying they fire Joe Madden and whomever is there. Is it Brad Osmus? Bye, Brad. Bye. Bon voyage. Don't forget to write. Bring in Joe Madden to manage Mike Trout and company. If I were the Phillies, I'd be sitting there salivating. Yes, yes. Feud with Joe Madden. Feud with Joe Madden. Then bring him to freaking Philadelphia where he can manage Bryce Harper at all. If I were the... I mean, all these franchises out there with mediocre managers and you have a potential Joe Madden out there, the Hall of Fame manager who could be out there for the grasping. Yeah. I don't understand why the Cubs would let him go. Do they have John McGraw waiting in the wings? What's going on here? But I think it's going to be one of the most interesting storylines of this season. Now, what are my insanely early postseason predictions? Uh, the wild card game. I think the Rays are going to defeat the Yankees. Why? Because I'm a petty little prick. Uh, the National League wild card. I think the Brewers are going to defeat the Pirates. Once again, the Pirates are going to look at the wild card and go, God, God damn it. Sorry, Ray. The American League Division Series. I think the Red Sox are going to defeat the Rays in five. I think the Astros are once again going to sweep the Indians. Sorry, Indians. The National League Division Series. I have the St. Louis Cardinals sweeping the Milwaukee Brewers. Why a sweep? I don't know. Why not? And I have the Dodgers defeating the Nationals in yet another crushing Division Series five-game loss for Washington. Once again, putting the Nats on some sort of watch for their own personal safety. Now, my ALCS prediction, I see a rematch of last year's between the Astros and the Red Sox, and this time, and this is coming from a diehard Red Sox fan, I see the Astros defeating my Red Sox and ending the Red Sox quest to win back-to-back championships. Meanwhile, the Dodgers will face the Cardinals and make quick work of them, Dodgers in four, which means the World Series. I am predicting the Dodgers are in the World Series for the third straight year. For the second time in three years, they're playing the Houston Astros. It is a rematch of that wild, weird World Series from 2017, 
which featured three bonkers games with lots of come-from-behind rallies. And this time, it will be L.A. who prevails. The monkey will be off the back of Clayton Kershaw. And for the first time since 1988, the L.A. Dodgers are going to win the World Series. So there you go. Those are my predictions for 2019. And I'm going to be really, really interested in seeing, well, what's going to happen in this upcoming year. Well, something fun is going to happen with your pal Sully in podcasting, and that's going to be the next thing that I post on this feed. But for right now, I've gone on long enough with this particular show. I'll do my announcement on the next post. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. You could be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. The music, as always, is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Making the predictions that are inevitably not going to come true. This has been Sully Baseball for St. Patrick's Day 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.